0: Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the Self-Confidence, Masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them, Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3equip.com. That's a 3 E-Q-U-I-P.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner. Honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy. Get yours today at A3EQUIP.com. Proceed with caution. All doctors to the ER. Do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about
1: squared away
0: spiritual
1: get squared away
0: emotional
1: get squared away mental get squared away
0: physical
1: the podcast that'll help you get squared away
0: all right we haven't done one of these in a while we've had some some good guests but i miss coming here and just uh rocking the face-to-face random shit talking that we that we get to do and listen to my dog uh pant in the background. Well, it's like 90 degrees here today, so if I was your dog and had that much hair on me, I would be doing the same thing. Yeah. It's wild, man. I got a I got a boxer and he's been going crazy in this cuz he's black. So, he'll sit outside for about 5 minutes and then he comes in, you feel his fur and he's just hot.
1: Ooh, But he sweats too, right?
0: Oh yeah. So uh so this this submarine thing. Did you see this that the na- <laughs> that the navy the navy yeah. Discovered this thing, or 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 not they heard that they the discovered implosion. it, but they heard the implosion Sunday, like <laughs> yeah. right when the right when the communications went dark, and yeah. then kept it basically to themselves until the Hunter Biden stuff came out, and then released it magically at the right time to take over the 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 news because they knew that uh, that the the search for the submarine would take over the news, and yeah. then they wouldn't spend any time on the fact that the son of our current president is basically taking a plea deal that he's peddling influence with foreign businesses and foreign leaders.
1: Yeah. And those, those were the two minor ones. So they didn't really, uh, uh, they didn't really get him on anything or he didn't really get much out of it anyway. So, and, uh, the funny part about it is, you know, Trump actually predicted that was going to happen two weeks ago that they were going to get a, a softened charge and basically, you know, get, uh, get Biden to do a plea deal. Hunter Biden, not Mr. Yeah. Mr. Senior, but, um, and use that as, you know, kind of a, oh, well, we took care of, you know, Hunter now. So now let's focus on Trump. So he had it, predicted that himself.
0: I mean, I, I don't think, I think that that's, that's pretty much the game plan, right? I mean, that's when you when you're on, when you're on the power side right cuz they're on the that family's on the power side right now his dad's the freaking president yeah when you're on the power side that's kind of the that's that's the the what do they call it? that's the playbook right you take yeah. a, you take an easy plea it makes everything else go away and you look you know, a little guilty but you don't ex- actually admit to the ridiculous shit that you've done did you see uh if you guys haven't, I know I've talked about this book thirty-seven fucking times, but the laptop from hell, which is um, oh, the journalist yeah. that goes through the laptop and basically like a forensics like a forensic detective goes through and sets everything up on a timeline and then corroborates it with external sources of information that that support everything that's in the laptop. And if you haven't seen it, um the Brisma is the is the first big issue that happened and that is where Hunter Biden was getting paid a million dollars a year to be on the board of Burisma, an energy contractor in Ukraine. And he was not working for the company. He was just on the board as a quote unquote, you know, board member. And he would weigh in on stuff once in a while. But where he came in handy is when the CEO, of, I believe, of Burisma was being um, looked into by the Ukrainian government for illegal activities, um, Joe flew to Ukraine and basically told them that the United States would withhold $7 billion in aid, and this was all before the Ukrainian war, would withhold $7 billion in, in aid to Ukraine if they didn't basically turn over their, their uh, search into this guy. So that was the first one, and then the, the last big one that is still going on is, uh, I can't remember the name of the Chinese company. Do you remember the name of the Chinese company? The big Chinese mm-hmm. investment company that they're—they've uh, got they a don't. few hundred million dollars worth of investment with um, Hunter, another gentleman, and then a Chinese businessman who's already, I think, on some sort of federal watch list for being part of uh, p- part of a criminal enterprise, and then someone else that they refer to as the big man with quotes, and right, ten percent yeah. of the profits are held aside in a separate account for the big man. And, uh, I saw a record, a reporter this week, ask Joe, um, why he, why he gets referred to as the big man. And he just came back with, why do you ask such stupid questions? That's all, that's all he, that's, that's all he came back <laughs> at the guy. And, uh, if you don't believe it, I guess you don't believe it. And if you want to say, Hey, they're all corrupt, then, the, you know, that's, that's kind of the answer that I get from Democrats when I start to talk about this type of shit and they're like, Oh, they're all corrupt. Like, y- yeah, but that doesn't mean it's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean that doesn't mean that that any level of corru- corruption is okay. If somebody is let's say a corruption level of 15 and then there's 50 people at a corruption level of 3, that doesn't make the guy that's at 15 like any any amount of okay yeah. just because there's a bunch of them at 3.
1: Well, it's kind of funny how the left responds to anything. It's like um, whether it's Trump or anybody from the right and if they do something wrong, they basically want to, you know, execute and all of a sudden somebody from their side um does something wrong. It's like, oh, well, everybody does that. And it's just just a show that I mean how biased we've become and how split of a nation we've become. So I don't know. It's um it's tough.
0: So I read the uh I read Woke Inc. the Oh you did, yeah. Uh, yep, the Naval Ravikant's book. Read Woke Inc. It is extremely interesting how he builds up. The playbook that the woke mentality is using to basically justify profits um because capitalism became such a dirty word, and profits became such a dirty word that the idea of being woke um it, it basically is is polishing the turd of profits versus you know which let's let's face it the the right and conservatives and and business people that are pretty mo- pretty well intelligent. Will like profits is profit is okay. Profit is what drives innovation. Profit is what means, you know, you can talk about the pharmaceutical industry as being as as corrupt as it is, but the pharmaceutical industry isn't corrupt. The government agencies that allow the pharmaceutical industries to operate this way are corrupt. The pharmaceutical industries is just a capitalistic industry. Now, should it be? I don't know. That's a whole different argument. But um, that is why we have the drugs that we have because of profit. And it's the same way in, in all industry. We have, we have advancement because of the idea that advancement means more profit. And you want to argue against it, you can. But then you look at something like the Middle East or the Third World and th- the fact that there's no, op- there's no opportunity for profit is why there is no giant economy.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what we're all in business to do.
0: Is to generate, you know,
1: massive uh, profit margins. Yeah, but you know, speaking of money, um, did you see the uh, Pentagon, you know, did a little investigation or they did a little audit?
0: Oh yeah, the they they had all the equipment costs. Is that the one they had the equipment cost estimated at uh, replacement costs, not value or something? Is that what I'm looking at?
1: Um, I mean, bottom line is what happened is, uh, yeah, they overestimated the value of the weapons to Ukraine about six point two billion dollars.
0: So now we're going to give them another six point two billion. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of just like going, oh, sounds good. We just found six billion dollars in the in the budget. Yeah. They're like, oh no, we need to to keep up with that number. We need to actually give them another six billion.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. It's uh Pentagon spokeswoman Sabrina Singh said a detailed review of the accounting error found. That the military services used replacement costs rather than book value of the equipment that was pulled from Pentagon stocks and sent to Ukraine. She said final calculations show there was an error of 3.6 billion current year and 2.6 in the last fiscal year, which ended last September. So as a result, the department now has additional money in its coffers to use to support Ukraine as it pursues its counteroffensive against Russia.
0: You know, I was, I was listening to somebody, I was listening to somebody talk about um, JFK and I I, fucking, man, I can't remember. It might've been in that Naval Ravikant book. No, it wasn't. It was in a different book. And I was listening to him talk about um, JFK and they were talking about him and how, oh, it was on the, it was on the, the Kennedy jr. Pod, the RFK podcast with Rogan. Yeah. And he was talking about how JFK had the uncanny ability to put himself in everybody else's shoes and that's yeah, why he was empathetic. so good at what he was. And when he looked at Russia, he understood that Russia was a nation that lost half of its population to the war against Germany in the, you know, in the World War II era when when Hitler was trying to go after them and that created basically the population that was left is constantly afraid of being going through that again. And so everything is about, you know, keeping their country strong and, and looking strong and being able to fight off anyone that's going to try to come in and take their country. And um, whether you like it or not, that's a good point. It's a really good fucking point. And then you've got China. Like, they have to align themselves with China. They can't not align with China because China does not have enough natural resources for the population that they have and the, and the economy that they have. Yeah. And they need the natural resources. So guess what? If Russia doesn't align themselves with China, China will just take Russia.
1: Yeah. Well, have you heard? I mean, China has already developed so much infrastructure in Africa. So, basically, most of Africa, the resources and the people are pretty much tied in with China.
0: now. Oh, yeah. And the problem there is, is you don't, China's unscrupulous. They don't go in and and, and say... You know, you need to have workers' rights, you need to pay a minimum wage, you need to make sure that there aren't kids mining this lithium. They're like, We need a thousand they're 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 like the conquistadors, right? The Spanish conquistadors when they came in and took over Aztec Mexico and they're like, Oh, you don't bring me gold, I'll cut your fucking hand off. Right? Like that's yeah. that's the mentality they have. And it's ruthless.
1: Yeah. But they do it quietly. It's a quiet war and that's what they're doing here. You know, you just get underneath and into the foundations of the country itself. I mean, they provide all the infrastructure. So at first it looks like it's great. Right. But then all of a sudden they turn around and boom, now we got control.
0: Well, we talked about it with the, with the cell phone tower companies, right? Yeah. And you know, the, the, one of the things that ties us all together is that book, um, the creature from Jekyll Island that I read, and it talks about the world bank and the, um, federal reserve bank and China, will come in and they'll borrow, let's say $100 billion from the World Bank. And because China has a good credit rating, they'll get it for a super good credit percentage. And then they'll take that $100 billion and they'll offer to loan it to third world countries, like let's say a country in Africa, and they'll offer to loan it to a third world country in Africa, but only if the, the World Bank um, basically guarantees the loan for the country in Africa. And so if the country in Africa takes the money, they pay a huge interest rate because they have shitty credit, right? It's just like if you wanted to go buy a car and you had shitty credit, you would pay a huge interest rate. Yeah. So they're, and, and the idea with a huge interest rate is the reason there is a huge interest rate is because you're taking a risk. And the interest rate is supposed to balance out the risk that you can lose your money. Well, the thing is, is they only loan this money to these countries with a guarantee from the World Bank. So if these countries go, you know, go, go belly up and can't pay this loan back, then they get this money back from the World Bank because the World Bank promised China that they that they would get their money back if they loaned it to Ghana or wherever that they loaned it to. Yeah. It's it's fucking hilarious. It's it's almost comical how this shit works. It would be like it would be like what if you were a bank, let's say you're the the bank of Martin, right? And somebody wants to buy this house right here, right next door. But this house next door is kind of a piece of shit and charging an absorbent amount of money for it. And the person that comes and wants to borrow the money from you has shitty credit. There's no, it's not really very likely they're going to pay you back. So you say, I'll loan you the money, but only if you get FHA um, backing or FHA insurance, right? So what that is, is you're going to loan them the money. They're going to buy this house next door when they inevitably don't pay the payment. The FHA, the federal housing association or a federal housing authority is going to give you your money that you borrowed them back anyways. Yeah.
1: And there you go, got it back again,
0: and you got it back again.
1: So: Yeah, it's kind of a racket.
0: It's a huge racket, and you're not even loaning your own fucking money.: Yeah, you're loaning money that you borrowed at a crazy low interest rate because you have great credit.:
1: Yeah, that's how it works.:
0: Oh, <laughs> <sighs> this shit's going downhill, man. We, oh. I mean, we're going to have some sort of and this is, this is what we're going to get into today, but we're going to have some sort of global catastrophe before that, right? Like, it's going to happen. Yeah.
1: But what it is, you know, we don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that are, considered, you know, catastrophic. And in, in the operational side, I was telling you, I mean, it's been a point of conversation, not just on the operation side, but a lot of people have been talking about it. And it's funny because when you talk to your, you know, your average citizen, you know, there's this half that literally doesn't want to talk about it because literally, you know, it stresses them out. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to just be like an ostrich, put your head in the sand, and then what?
0: You know, it's an easy target. They're just hoping that it doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? hope is not it's a like, strategy, right? It's
0: like, you're, it's like you're hanging from a rope, right? And if you were hanging from a rope and there was one bad spot in the rope, and you could focus on that bad spot and kind of make sure that you watch that bad spot, that would be easy, right? Because it's that bad spot, and you see it start to, you know, ting, you can see like little... Little pieces of the rope start to go. You're like, oh shit! I got to get down or get up or get past this spot yeah. of the rope. But you only have to focus on that one spot of the rope. But we're on a we're on a, we're hanging from a rope, 100 feet over nothing, and there's 30 bad spots on that rope. And you can either try to think about those 30 bad spots, or you can go, fuck it, I'm just winging it, right? Yeah. And but that's, there is something in between there, which is what we want to talk about today, which is preparedness.
1: Yeah. You know how do you mitigate that? You know, any type of disaster. And a lot of people think disaster and uh, I get a lot of questions about EMPs and, you know, believe it or not, I mean, on the operational side, the opinions vary, you know, mine is different than probably what you hear sometimes on on a lot of the podcasts that have popped out about EMPs because how that conversation got started. So let's start with EMPs. Yep. How do you survive one? What is an EMP? What is an EMP? So, um... It's basically, EMP is electromagnetic pulse, or I think some people have other words for it. Um, so, uh, some people define it as a nuclear, you know, explosion. Basically, the impact of that is what happens, and um, that's not what I'm talking about. So, the EMPs that we're talking about is another weapon that basically emits a electromagnetic pulse.
0: Or this could come from a solar flare. This could be a natural phenomenon. It doesn't have to be weaponized, but it's a possibility of it being weaponized or a natural phenomenon, but the outcome would be approximately yeah. the same.
1: And they, they want to take the, an EMP weapon style is ideal for taking out, uh, you know, substations and the term substations. I mean, everybody probably knows is all of a sudden your power goes out in your neighborhood, right? And then something happened at uh, one of the, the stations or a transformer goes out Well, a substation controls a large portion of the power grid. So, in the U.S., there's nine substations that if those substations are taken out, obviously, you're going to be without power for quite some time. And uh, you know, guess, who, guess who manufactures those sub, the parts for the substations?
0: Taiwan and China?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and the lead time on those things, I mean, you're talking months.
0: I did see recently that a, there was a country or two um, outside of that area that were trying to get uh, semiconductor factories. Up, I don't know if they are up, but I do know that people see it as a weak link and something that needs to be mitigated.
1: Yeah, because I mean uh, that was proven in 2013. There was one of the substations got got hit, and I believe somebody set fire to it in California. So, but what happens in an EMP? Whether it happens or not, there's all these people out there going, "Oh, if a EMP hits, I'm not going to be able to drive anywhere." And there is no conclusive testing, so don't let people freak you out. It's just that if an elect- electromagnetic pulse hits, and you know we've dealt with some of this, you know, these type of weapons before. It doesn't like anything that's electronic doesn't get taken out. So if your car is sitting there in the garage and it's not running, there's more than likely nothing's going to happen.
0: because, it's not, um, because there isn't electricity running through it, so then you don't have the issues with the electrical that you would have right. if there was electricity running through it. Exactly. So it could fry the battery maybe? Maybe, yeah. Okay.
1: If that, but there's such a little current on it. Because even like, you know, they're like, oh, well, your cell phone's going to be on." I'm like, I wouldn't worry about your cell phones because the antenna on your cell phone is so tiny and there's such a little power coming through that. I'd be more worried about the the towers, you know, the infrastructure. Because yeah. once that's down, it's not going to matter if you have power to your phone anyway. So, um, you know... Everybody talks about, well, they're going to take out these nine substations. I personally don't think so. I mean, if you want, from from my background experience, I would say, you know, China's not like that. They're, because if they did that, I know there's some percentages, some people are saying like 90 plus percent of people would die because obviously, are people that stupid, they're not going to figure out, you know, where to go to get water.
0: Well, um, also, you know, the, th- the thing that people... The thing that people don't necessarily understand when they talk about China doing something to that level is the fact that like seventy percent of their exports come to the United States, yeah, they're not just gonna fucking take all they're not just gonna take out the United States, right they would literally be killing your best customer
1: yep and who who are you gonna have leverage on yeah, I mean they not only need the earthly resources but they need the the human resources, so you know if anything happens, I mean this is you know just. Like I said, for my calculations, it would be they would take out a substation for to prove a point, yeah, and and uh and that's kind of what you're seeing I mean, um, you know another disaster is technically the pandemic. We just went through a disaster, we just went through you know covid, yeah, and you saw you know sometimes disasters bring out the best and bring out the worst in people, and you just seen what happened with you know, how things were communicated, how people reacted to the communications, how fast and inaccurate some of the communications were, and then um, some people that just decided not to be educated about it. Um, that's the worst way to prepare for anything. It's, you know, the next pandemic could be, I don't know, this uh, zombie fungus or something or whatever it is. So
0: it's, That actually could be much more deadly than, because if, if you think about like, you think about like something like Ebola, right? The reason that Ebola is scary, but not as scary as it could be is because it has to be transferred through bodily fluids. But if a version of Ebola uh, developed, whether on purpose or accidentally, that was um, transferred through aerosols through through your breath, um, the way that COVID was transferred, right? Like that's a, that's a deadly fucking disease. That's not, that's not a one to 2% of people die. That's like a fucking 50%, 80% of people die. And you don't just die, you know, with, with a fever, you die like bleeding out of your orifices.
1: Oh, exactly. And, and that's exactly what I'm talking about is first you have to mitigate the risk, right? And anything, um, you know, there's degrees in risk, you know, risk management, I believe is what the, the program is and risk management is for businesses. So you look at it. Whenever you come upon a situation or a crisis, you look at, okay, what is the catastrophic you know, percentage? So, you know, you and I, if we were just coming upon COVID, if we asked that question right away, it would have been, oh, it's like a 0.000098% you know, that, you know, that it's going to be lethal. Okay. So then the next step is, okay, so what do I need to do to mitigate that small percentage? Oh, just be healthy? Oh, work on my immune system. Oh, okay. This is what I need, need to do. This is the direction I need to hit. Go to the gym. I need to, you know, get better, you know, nutrition, you know, 80%. I got to work on my diet. Um, I need to take quercetin or, you know, have um ivermectin in, in the background. I don't know. Yeah. But all that would have been done through research.
0: And also go back to, yeah, go back to our, go back to our podcast on the truth in media, right? Because you could have figured all of that out much, much earlier if you would have looked at the numbers of how many positive tests were coming back, how many people were passing away, like that, that number makes sense. And, it, and, and if, you were look, if you were just listening to the media, it was the scariest fucking thing that could ever happen. Right. But if you actually looked for the truth in the, the, the mess, it's totally different.
1: Yeah. No, that's exactly right. So it's all about risk mitigation. Um. You know, there people ask me about nuclear war. Um, personally, I, I don't think we're going to have a nuclear war. Um, you know, there's reels that keep popping up. It's like, Oh, we just declared war on China. It's like, guess what? We declared a cold war back, um, in October of, you know, 2022, you know, China kind of declared a war on us uh, a couple of years ago. It's like, okay, war isn't going to be this where it's going to be the Terminator and they're just going to fry every human being up and they're all going to be sitting in their bunkers. Is there a chance? Sure. It's kind of like COVID. Yeah. So what am I going to do if, you know, if there is a nuclear threat, I'm going to be like, okay, are they going to just start dropping nukes everywhere? Is there a Star Wars program? Um, what do I do if that one actually hits? Do I stay inside for 48 hours? you know, those are the questions you got to ask. And those are the things that you need to educate yourself on just in case. Where in the house am I going to be? It's no different than if, a you know, we live in tornado country, you know, what happens when a tornado hits? Um, if you have a plan, there's going to be less chaos, right? So if you have a concrete part of your basement, sorry, get down there, make sure you got, uh, you know, two, three days of food and you just, yeah, from there, that's when you enlist the, the hope strategy and just Hope you mitigate some of the radiation, keep all the windows closed. You know, I don't know. So personally, I don't think something like that's going to happen. But
0: no, and, and, and if something like that did happen, it's going to be the long term fallout that we have to deal with in places like, you know, Wisconsin, um, because it's going to be New York, L.A., Chicago. Exactly. Um, it's not going to be, you know, Mid Midwestern Wisconsin, it's it's just not gonna it's it's pretty fucking unlikely. Yeah, we don't really have anything here that would be you know even like you look at like Galveston, Texas. That's like the head of the CDC, and you look at stuff like that, and it's like oh that makes sense. Here we've got you know maybe because we have an F thirty five base, maybe, but there's yeah. how many of those around the around the United States now? So yeah. you know realistically, we're probably gonna have to deal with long term fallout issues, not necessarily a an initial blast,
1: right? And that's, yeah, it's all precision. It's like an EMP, EMP threat. It's not like the, they're going to drop an EMP in Wisconsin and that's going to, you know, prove a great point. But, you know, maybe they'll drop one in, you know, at NORAD. Who knows?
0: Yeah, so, and, and as far as the solar EMP, stuff like that, like um, if that happens, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I haven't done the research 100%, but it seems like if that happens, that's at least going to be something that everyone's dealing with. It's not going to be a targeted, clearly it's not going to be targeted, it's just going to happen, which would, you know, whatever it's going to take out, it's going to take out globally. It's not going to just take out the United States communication. Yeah. Now, if you look at countries that are used to living with, you know, brownouts and shitty power and and have manual wells and stuff like that, like clearly they're going to, you know, they're going to have a, a leg up on survival other than, you know, us, but. If, if, if they really, 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 uh, unprepared, head in the sand, stupid people can't make it through, you know, a few weeks without power, yeah,
1: supply bags, man. What well, you talk
0: about? Darwinism, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, uh, it's probably
1: the, the crueler way of saying it, but uh, yeah, or maybe I'm saying it the crueler way. Yeah, but. I don't know.
0: I mean, y- yeah, it's just it's really interesting when you start to think about if you really, really understand evolution and how evolution works, we've nearly completely mitigated the effects of evolution on humans because of the way that we have designed our lives around the weakest link to take care of, to take care of the weakest people. And, and that, and the thing is, is from my mind, I see where that's bad. And from my heart, I see where it's imperative. Like we have to take care of the weakest people in our society. And in my mind, I'm like, we're literally propagating weak genes. Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: think the definition of, you know, weak has changed. Yeah. I mean, there is a population that, yeah, they, they can't, they can't help themselves, you know, or if they have a disability, let's say, you know, somebody's born with it, but, we've become a society that on purposely, you know, has completely nerfed the world and we're living in this bubble. And at that point when that bubble bursts, it's going to be, you know, yeah, like you said, it's pretty much a Darwinism. Uh,
0: right. I mean, that's kind of what we're dealing with. It's you know, going to, strong be... to
1: survive, right? Yeah.
0: So, and, and, and the thing is when I say strong, I don't just mean strong, physically strong. I mean, Strong, physically strong, strong, mentally mentally strong, strong, emotionally strong. You know, if you're a connector, right, even if you're the weakest, even if you're the weakest human, you know, in your neighborhood, but you're the connector that can that can keep the the strong guys keeping everybody safe and the smart guys developing different ways to get water and stuff like that. Like if you are the connector, you may be the most, you know, you may may be the most powerful person in the neighborhood. Yeah. So when I say weak, I mean weak overall definition of weak, not physically weak.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, another, uh, I mean, there's so many different, I guess, crisis that could happen. Um, you know, last one is active shooter, obviously, cause we're dealing with a lot of, a lot of that right now. Um, a lot of big cities are just dealing with, I, I guess, you know, we think of active shooters in the school, but man, you start going down to Chicago, New York, you know, San Francisco, um, even, I mean, even right here in Madison, you know, you have, uh, active shooter situations where. Starts off as domestic and turns bad. And, you know, what do you do? You know, there's a lot of different things out there. I would probably say the best source that, I mean, I haven't read it myself, but I know the principles that he's using, uh, Clint Emerson's a former SEAL. Um, he created, I think it's Escape the Wolf is, um, these little pamphlets. So, you know, there's one for like an active shooter. There's one for like uh illness or pan- pandemic. So you know, if you want to gain knowledge and it's kind of like a cliff note type of a deal, you know, look into that or, um, like field craft survival. Uh, Mike Glover runs that. Um, that's, you know, a good source too. There's so many of them out there.
0: Um, the book, ah, son of a biscuit. I'll remember the book in here in a minute and and I'll put it out there, but, but, uh, Neil Strauss, who wrote a few different, oh. he's a Rolling Stone writer. He just wrote one because he went into deep after his last book. He went deep into the prepper world. And it was kind of like his whole investment into the um, pickup artist world. It was an accident. Like he kind of was going to write a story about it and then fell into it because he's just such, he's such an immersive journalist and that's how he does his writing. Yeah, And he got to the point where he was trying to like, he was trying to figure out how to denounce his citizenship and he bought a he bought property in like the Cayman Islands and like he was like he got oh, yeah. deep the it, got passport deep, yeah, too, yep yeah. yep got deep into this and uh it's a great read also it's entertaining and it's not just a a, a survival guide right he does talk about a lot of the stuff but he's a very gr- good writer so that one's a great one to go to um the idea that the idea that being prepared has to be like some sort of of I guess like classroom type activity is is ridiculous, right? Like, if you think of being prepared in in its finest form or its most detailed form, it's basically surviving off of the wilderness, right in, in a lot of it and and, and being strong and, and healthy yourself. So like, by going to the gym and eating healthy, you're being prepared. By learning how to camp and survive in the wilderness and taking your kids out to connect with nature, you're getting prepared by you know learning things like jujitsu and and cooking and um you know what can poison you and natural health remedies and stuff like that like these are all these are all fun things to learn they're not like trying to learn physics right, right.
1: oh right i mean they're applicable yeah very applicable and and that's the thing is uh you know i want to get away from this uh because now when you hear preppers everybody thinks it's all these people buying mres and you know, stocking up for years in their basement, then they're going to live out of their basement. I mean, it's, it's not real realistic. I think we brought it up in past, uh, um, episodes where guess what the, the, the very thing that I'm thinking is, is we're going to have to be mobile. You know, you may have to leave your house because what happens when there's chaos? Um, it's, it's not about preparing for the zombie apocalypse. It's just anytime that there's a crisis, the very first phase of a crisis, every single one, is there's gonna be chaos in the in the beginning. And because people are trying to figure out what to do. Some people get, you know, desperate right away. And there's just disorganization until yeah, the the quote survivors or the people that are prepared or trained gather what, you know, this is the situation and these are the actions that we have to take moving forward. So, you know, I always call it preparing for chaos. Um and on the operational side it's called emergency management planning. It's just yeah, planning for anything that's going to happen.
0: You know? Emergency is actually the name of the book. I just checked my phone. Oh, it's the book. Emergency? The book is called Emergency by Neil Strauss. Yeah, by Neil Strauss. Oh, okay, great book. i to looking at great book. So, um, so, when it comes to when it comes to like actual functional preparedness, right? Let's give give everybody a few a few steps, like detailed steps that they can take, right? Like, well, like first
1: a, I identify what chaos is. Yep because you have to understand the behavior of everybody else that's gonna be around you. So, you know, you're not gonna be able to just run down in your basement. Usually what happens when you see, gosh, man, the the riots that happened. The BLM riots were kind of a perfect microscope of, you know, okay, here's a small sample of chaos, right? What happens? All of a sudden there's disorder, right? The police pull out. And in any big situation of crisis, guess what? The police, let's say an EMP hits, the police are going to be at home trying to take care of their families. They're trying to help the family survive. So what's going to happen is there's just going to be no order. It's going to be anarchy. There's going to be a lot of looting. So you have to protect yourself from looting, which we'll, you know, you'll get to. And there's going to be people that are desperate because what? They're going to be thirsty. They're going to be hungry. And, and money is not going to mean anything to them at that point. It's just literally, um, You've seen what happened in Florida at the hurricanes, right? What happens? The first few hours, all the stores are, boom, bare shelves. Everybody's just grabbing what they can. I mean, it was even that way uh, during COVID, right? With
0: uh, Was it toilet paper? Toilet paper, yeah. There's a few different times where it happened to a few different things. What was it? Hand sanitizer and masks and gloves. Oh, it was yeah. like shit would just, yeah, disappear forever. Yeah,
1: people will run in, and my son and I saw that one lady that came like, Darting into the uh the toilet paper aisle and grabbing what she thought was the last you know uh six pack of toilet paper so that's kind of weird desperation, but you know it's self preservation people are going to commit crimes based on self preservation and you
0: know? the mob, and mob mentality they are not going to necessarily have clear um moral guidelines that they live by I feel like um for someone's moral backbone to stand strong through a situation like that is is pretty unlikely um amongst the average human
1: yeah because if it's life and death you're basically you're gonna bite somebody in the nuts yep Survives.
0: yep especially when it's your kids yeah if it means if it means your kids staying alive or your kids being fed i mean think about it if you're if it was your kids you know so before you have to you know kill somebody for their Velveeta shells and cheese maybe think about having a few extra packages at your house yeah go bags Go bags, yeah. What do we put in our go bags?
1: Um, I don't know. I put the ability to. I mean, I'm always big on water, so I always carry, um, like a life filter. So if I gotta, you know, suck, if I if I gotta filter out my own piss, I <laughs> gotta drink it. Yeah. I, I got a life filter on there. Um, you gotta have a, a one of those uh, uh mini boils. Or at least some way to start a fire source so that you can, one, stay warm at night, and then two, boil water. Because the very first thing is your, your body can pretty much go without water for three days. Then you're going to start having problems, you know, catastrophic issues. So um, I worry about that first.
0: So a few different things to deal with water. So if we deal with, if we did like, uh, what are the tablets? Iodine tablets? Yep. Iodine tablets, a life straw, and a way to start a fire, right? So we got water taken care of. Yep. What's next?
1: Small, small container which now they make collapsible collapsible silicone whatever
0: um, next is
1: I'm I'm real big and you got to have a you know a small medical kit yep agreed so I keep one in my truck I keep one usually in my bags just you know you never know but obviously if you cut yourself something happens you got a clean infection you need to stop bleed you're going to need to do that not just with you but with your family so.
0: Yeah, and, and people don't understand because I, and I was talking to my I was talking to my brother about this because of this stupid submarine thing. But um we're in this kind of odd place in history where life is so safe that you forget how deadly little things really are. You know, like Jack Daniels. Everybody knows Jack Daniels, right? You know Jack Daniels died. He kicked a safe and his toe broke and he got gangrene, and it fucking killed him. Oh, yeah. So, like, today, would that have ever happened? No. But would that happen if the entire system was down and you weren't able to just go get medical care when your legs start to get really sore a few days after you broke a toe? Yeah. Yeah, that would happen. You would fucking die from internal gangrene or whatever caused it, right? Yeah. And small cuts can turn into giant problems. and. lacerations and and all these issues that are that are really benign issues in today's life if we didn't have the society that we have right now could become a big fucking deal yeah
1: yep understand uh you know treating infections and understand you know bacteria which is why boil your water so you're not you know screwed up you
0: know for life after that so it's have you ever tried the 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 little brick of, like, fire starter shit that, like, it almost looks like cotton? Have you ever tried that stuff? It's, like, real dense, co- and then you, like, break it apart and spread it out, and it's it's got, like, a... It, it, it basically lights itself on fire and burns long enough to light a fire. Oh, really? It's a real small. It comes, you know, real condensed, so it's, like, a little block of shit. Mm-hmm. I gotta look it up. I can't remember what it was. I haven't fucked with it, but it looked promising when I was starting. Because it's easy, right? Easy thing to throw in your bag, and it would last oh, yeah. hundreds of times of starting fires.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the other way to do it too is, uh, like I keep, a uh, in my backpack, you can compress them. I keep a huge bag of cotton balls. So you can actually, you could roll out a sheet of foil, put some cotton balls in there. You can swipe a little bit of petroleum jelly on top of the cotton balls and then fold it shut. And then that way you could open it up like a flower and then light it on fire. You'd have a small usable cooking fire just from foil and, you know, cotton swabs and a little bit of, Vaseline.
0: Look at you, you crafty son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to survive.
0: Um a
1: knife, a solid knife, multi-purpose
0: yes, knife. Yes. Definitely um, a solid knife. Um Do you do you fuck with like communications like two-way radios or anything like that? Do you keep any of those around? Yeah, that's uh that's a comms thing. Yeah. That
1: I got um you know <laughs> The problem is, yeah, okay, you have power for so long, too, so you could have a, you know, basically a, a cheap walkie-talkie gets you two, three miles of communication, right? Yeah. But the problem is we live in a society right now where the our loved ones are 30, 40, 50 miles. Yeah. So.
0: Aw. Siri wants Siri. to be part of the, Siri wants to be part of the podcast.
1: Oh Siri. Bitch. But, um. Here, Here's what I suggest and because comms, like I have, my priority is water, shelter, food, and comms or communications. And with comms, you, you have to have what's called a rally point. So back then, before we had, you know, sat phones and all the, you know, fancy stuff when you're deployed and basically at the end, you're, you're going to be in a position where you're not going to be dialing up and making a phone call when you're in a firefight. Right. So basically you're you're basically told to meet at the rally point, and if rally point gets compromised, you have a secondary, and if that does, you have a tertiary and if after tertiary, then you just you figure it out, just get the hell out of there so you know if you have loved ones, like I was just talking uh with somebody last week is like you know they're building out this basically a compound, so if anything happens, you know that's one rally point that people can go there, and people that can contribute can go there and be part of this community and just kind of hold down this compound if need be um and there's another one that's close by here that's you know being put together by somebody we know so um you know that would be something to discuss with your family is like hey if anything happens meet here Shit hits the fan and if something goes bad there here's the secondary spot you go to and that's it and then from there we decide and assess whether we need to get out of the state or do whatever, but this is our rally point.
0: And I think on, on that note, but not necessarily, this is, this is a preparedness thing, but not necessarily a catastrophic preparedness thing, but I think we talked about this maybe 10, 15, 20 episodes ago, but with the intelligent development of criminals um, today, your family should have some sort of a safe word, some sort of a communication word where when you say it, your family knows that it's you because there are so many detailed um scams going on out there where you know a mother gets called and the voice sounds exactly like her daughter because it's spoofed by some sort of AI because oh, yeah. because all of us have so many you know so much digital footprint out there and they're you know saying the the one that the one that I saw they literally said if we don't have $10,000 by noon we will get your daughter so drug addicted that she never knows who she is again. And she will just work for us for the rest of her life. And this mother started freaking out because the voice on the other end sounded just like her daughter. Her daughter was upstairs wow. in her fucking house. And she's like, well, how did she get out? Where'd she go? She instantly just freaked out. Whereas if you have your safe word for your family and this this ha- it happened to my grandma. She thought that my brother was in jail because you know somebody called that sounded kind of like him. And this was way before AI. This is ten years ago. Oh. And uh, somebody called that sounded kind of like him. She was on her way to town with a cash box. Oh really? Yeah. The thing is though, is my grandma's the tightest fucking human being in the world. So the fact that she actually got the cash box out for my brother, she must have really liked him because she, <laughs> didn- the rest of us, she would have been like, eh, let him go. Oh,
1: family, come on. Yeah. yeah. Must have must have been pretty desperate then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, but still, man, like if you have that specific word, you can say, you know, tell, tell her to tell me the word so that I know this is real. Yeah. Right. Well, she can't remember it. No, she would remember it. Trust me. Right. Click. Wow. Or, you know, or if they, or if your daughter calls you because she's being held by somebody and she can't tell you that she's being held by somebody and she slips the word into conversation, right? Like, let's say, you know, let's say the word is tire and she's like, Hey, Hey, Hey dad, did you get my new tires for my car? And you're like, Oh fuck, there's a problem here. Right? Like there's all these different ways to, to tactically think about what's going on.
1: Yeah. No, I agreed. And that's uh, yeah. I mean, if comms is up, that's one of the big, big, things Yeah, and that one about. was
0: totally not, not necessarily in this topic, but it was something I just, it reminded me that I wanted to get back out there. Yeah.
1: But walkie talkies, I mean, they, they make some good systems. I know fire department has, I mean, insanely expensive Motorola systems, which, you know, the average citizen probably doesn't want to invest that much into. I know I wouldn't, but you know, at some point you have to just pretend that, hey, you know what? If there's no power, this is just what happens when we when something happens. Um,
0: Um, I mean the, the fact that existence as we know it on this planet has been taken out multiple times by asteroids in the history of humankind, we probably should be aware that that's a possibility. Like, an asteroid impact is a real, you know, catastrophic possibility. Wow. Because that's likely, that's likely what caused the floods and the end of the Ice Age in the last transition from Ice Age to the current structure in the, in the, in the Earth that we have now. Was the the giant asteroid that hit on the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico fourteen thousand years ago?
1: All right, we'll have to add that to the crisis list. Yeah, I mean,
0: that and super volcanoes are the two that you should definitely <laughs> that you you didn't have yet that need to get added. And and both of those things, uh. both of those things, when it's when it's a <laughs> when it's a catastrophic climate thing, you are really just you need to have your communication, your your Ideas of where to meet for the family. You need to have your preparedness the same as anything else. It's just that is not necessarily. There's no act of war there. It's it's just a catastrophe that we've seen happen so many times. I mean, if Yellowstone blows, we're looking at years of debris in the atmosphere that you can't grow crops.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's survival. So, um.
0: Anyway. Yeah, it's a long list. And that's and that's what that that was where my analogy of the rope came in is like, if we just needed to focus on that one bad spot in the rope, it would be way different. But we literally are looking at a rope of possibilities, whole possibly holes. And we're going, oh, fuck, I need this to stay together. Yeah. But we also can't be nihilists, right? We can't be completely complete nihilists and go, well, it's if it's inevitable, we might as well just die today. Right. No, you still live your life. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy the things that you're doing. Take your kids camping and teach them how to live off the grid. Like that's fun. Reconnecting with nature, that's fun.
1: Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is you know teach them how to survive whether it's a crisis or not because it's just something that's that's natural for us. You know, it's sure better than sit in front of a screen. So, um, yeah, go in the go bag. I mean, I have protection, obviously.
0: Yeah. Yep. Clearly. So a flare, a flare gun. <laughs> flare gun. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so for you guys out there that have a safe and have, you know, a collection at some point you're going to have to be, okay, what's my trusty every day? Yeah. And then how much am I willing to carry? Yeah. Cause you know, ammo is not light. No. Neither. And
0: nine millimeter ammo is a lot lighter than two, two, three or or you know 762 ammo so if you're if your go bag if your go gun is a fucking AK good luck <laughs>
1: yeah so yeah that's uh something you got to think about is yeah how much stuff are you going to carry on you how much do you really need because even uh food you know what are you going to keep on you what are you going to you know either forage or hunt so you're going to need something to hunt
0: have you ever messed with those break apart 22s they come in, like, three pieces. You just throw them in your backpack for, like, camping. They're for camping. Oh, Wilder, I Back, You know, wilderness camping and stuff like that. No, i Because yeah. you can pretty much kill anything that you can eat. You can pretty much kill with a twenty-two. Yeah. Like, if you're a decent shot, you're, you're fine.
1: Yeah. Those look so. cool. Because
0: they're, they're easy, right? It's a, it's a rifle, so you're accurate at a decent distance. And they're easy. to And the ammo's light. Yeah. They break down to, a, like, a tiny little area in your backpack. Yeah, I thought about fucking with one of those, getting one of those around just to mess with it and and see what I think about it. But yeah, know, there's just so much time in the t- so much time in life.
1: I mean, my kids, my kids carrying 22. I'm I'm carrying five, five, six because that's you know what? If I got to deal with people that are trying to loot, I got to be able to put them down. So, um, but it's always been my all purpose anyway. So
0: I run suppressors, so it's blackout. <laughs>
1: Well, plus yeah, it's portable. Got it in your bag. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's protection. I mean, one of the big points I have is, you know what, nobody's going to survive on their own. So you really have to, and that was a discussion I had, uh, last week with another operator who's putting this compound together is like, yeah, ultimately you have to understand, okay, what's your circle going to be? What's, what's that community going to look like? It's going to be, know to him and our discussion was you know everybody's got to contribute and i know the tough part for uh you know married couples or dating couples is that there's a thing called couple survival that's that's talked about you know and that's on the operation side is yeah if you have a spouse that spouse can't just be a liability that spouse has to be able to contribute you know not like a pack mule but they got to be able to carry their own shit, right they have to be able to also, you know, handle add, themselves. Add
0: value. Yes. They have to add value. You know. Everyone needs to add value.
1: Yes. On the survival side, um, and that pertains to protection. That pertains to, okay, if, if you have to, you know, clean water, they have to understand that too. What do I need to do? They have to be willing to, okay, if I got to, you know, clean fish, you know, this isn't going to, grocery store and then buying a prepackaged thing unwrapping it and throwing it on a hot pan guess what you're going to have to know how to cook something and how to prepare something you know you have to know how to gut something and be willing to do it right so um yeah there's that contribution that's needed for everybody to survive because it's very hard when you're in a crisis situation to start dragging a lot of liability because
0: you're already going to be taxed and you should as a human being you should want to be as valuable as absolute possible. You think, guess what that means? That means that you're not going to get left behind. You're not going to get weeded out. People are going to look for you before they fucking leave because, Hey, that's the guy that knows how to do the thing.
1: Yeah. Yep. You got to bring you know, some type of value.
0: That's the problem solver. Whenever we've, whenever we've hit a problem, a big problem, that guy always seems to come up with a way to fix it. We can't fucking leave him behind. Yeah. Oh, look, he's, you know, there's five guys walking towards him with guns. We need to go, t- we need to go save him. Right. Because he's the problem solver.
1: Right. And you got to know that they're loyal too. You know, these are the people that, yeah, when shit hits a fan, when the stress level hit red lines, you know, that they're going to have your back. You know, they're not going to shoot you in the back to get your, you know, can of corned beef hash. So, you know, what's the level of desperation for people?
0: We were talking about that with that stupid fucking submarine um because right you're on an you're basically your time limit if it didn't implode which it sounds like it actually imploded like really really er, really really early but if if that wasn't the case if it did get lost and they had so much oxygen like you know that there's a fuel limit on your oxygen like a fuel level or an oxygen level like that shit's gonna go so when the person next to you starts (laughs) freaking out do you just fucking choke them out you know like like what do you do Like well. There's sixty hours worth of oxygen the five people here, but if there's only me left, there's fucking seven days worth of oxygen, yeah. eight days worth of oxygen left. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's a weird thing, right? Yeah. The Donner Party. We all we all learned about the Donner Party in fucking school, man. They started eating people. Yeah. Oh man.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, you have to be real cautious about the community that you pick. So even you know, there's a lot of guys out there like the guy we know and then uh my buddy i was talking to last week is who are you going to allow on your compound because these are people that are also going to be using valuable resources so it's tough i mean i always tell my son that you know hey you're of value in home protection it's not just me so you know my son knows how to wield his you know 22 now he can shoot 556 but you know we have a plan that we know how to clear the house if we have an intruder come through, and he's learning that. Oh, hey, you catch fish, you can actually eat the fish. Yeah, is that Clean weird? You and eat it. Yeah, yeah. That's where you get the fish in the grocery store. Yeah. That's how how it works. And you know, fire is just more than just you know burning sticks. It's it's provides a lot way of life. So
0: I mean, fire is likely the development of you know if If you look at the if you look at the evolution of the human brain, right, we developed like the equivalent of a hundred thousand years of evolution in ten thousand years, which got us to where we are, yeah, that's likely because of fire, because of the ability to cook food, eat calorie de calorically dense food versus just eating raw meat, you know, like all these different things like they, they, it's oh, yeah. speculation, but it's pretty much it's it's guesstimated that that is why. We made such a strong evolution in ten thousand years is because of fire.
1: Yeah. A lot of manufacturing. Caveman manufacturing. Yeah. Weapons. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day. Forging.
0: yeah, Right? Versus just whittling a stick. Yeah. You could actually forge something. I don't know if there was metals, right? I guess they had metals, but it was real real finite metals. Oh, yeah. Soft metals. Weren't yeah. really good for much, but
1: I mean you went from stone arrowheads to metal and then, you know, they made knives. I mean, it's just yeah, there's so much to it and so much in learning how to do it. That's why it's important. I mean, you know, using a flint is not that hard if you're, you know, putting spark on the right if you product. Know, yeah, if you know what you're so, doing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not putting it on some green leaves and hoping it's gonna torch up. So yeah. um
0: Yeah, you're not gonna you're not just gonna you're not gonna have a, a, a bottle of lighter fluid in your bag at all yeah. times, right? Like Yeah, some like charcoal the, fluid. The go to. <laughs> yeah, just spray some fucking lighter fluid on it, a little light. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, uh, a good survival knife. I mean,
0: that is, it's key to a lot of things. What do you think in, in an economic collapse or a societal collapse, what do you think the new monetary system will look like? What will, what will be traded? It'll be goods, right? But what will be the most valuable thing that you can, that you can kind of not necessarily stockpile, but have a decent amount of where you're going to, you're going to be able to use that to trade for other stuff that you need all
1: right i think it'll get down to you know services and people that know how to manufacture certain you know goods yeah or you know harvest it's almost like resetting again
0: right like if you can you know if, if shit really hits the fan and you're the guy that can just go out and get you know a few hundred pounds of deer meat every night yeah and bring it back to the town you're gonna you're gonna be just fine because yeah. you're gonna get everything else that you need so that people can get those items for themselves.
1: Yep. Barter services, buy land, again. <laughs>
0: right? Well, you, at at you that point, you don't it. have to buy it. You just take yeah. it.
1: So, I don't know. I mean, are you even
0: talking like a collapse of the government? I mean, I guess I'm just thinking like... I don't think I'll get to that point, but... No, I don't think it will either. I just think that at some point in time, we're going to hit a situation where whether it's because of a lockup of banks or something like that, like just money isn't what money is now. And you're going to have a secondary thing that becomes a, a valuable trader. Right. And I just yeah. don't know, is that going to be ammunition? Right. Because it's, it's gotta be timeless. It can't just be food. Yeah. You know, um, I guess I think probably way. knowledge, probably knowledge. That's what's, that's what the really it's going to be is knowledge.
1: Right. Cause you can figure out, you know, what people needs are and you provide the solution. So, the biggest thing is that, and I mean, they're probably, I mean, if it goes into the socialist state, just going to end up, you know, with a digital uh, social credit
0: currency. And then we're taking over that one island. We're not, we can't tell everybody here. <laughs> Otherwise they'll be there too. We're taking yeah. over, we're taking over that island. It's a little close to the, you know, the big bad guy. It's pretty fucking close, <laughs> but.
1: Oh, we'll see.
0: My thought was New Zealand, but we're not going to New Zealand. Martin said not New Zealand. Not New Zealand. New Zealand, only 10% of New Zealand is occupied. That was my thought. It's like so vast. Yeah. You just
1: got to deal with our government. First, you got to get into New Zealand, and then second, Uh,
0: it's... Yeah, I guess we can't just storm the beaches like Normandy, huh? No,
1: just can't show up. Yeah, good
0: point. All right, you win. You thought that through.
1: Philippines, maybe?
0: Yeah, somewhere. So... Somewhere where we can get, we can infiltrate their government and take over the country.
1: Yeah. I don't know unless Florida secedes, but at this point, I think everybody's connected. Is,
0: I think we need to be disconnected. We got to be geographically disconnected.
1: Yeah. The dream would be to live on an island, but got to get there first. Yeah. Step one is Can you
0: sail? You're a fucking Navy guy. You can sail, right? Yeah. I can't sail. I don't know that, anything. I just learned starboard and fucking port side. The other day
1: oh really oh yeah
0: i had no idea oh. i had to look it up on google
1: it wasn't on a pontoon boat was it <laughs> i
0: was a picture on google we were talking about <laughs> it we're we're oh it was that yeah. it was the book um it was the book from the from the guy the uh, the irish guy that i that i did the podcast with it, he he had to he sailed a. oh he sailed on that boat one. Um, oh, okay. so he said starboard and I'm like, I should know the fucking difference between starboard and portside. Like I should know these things. So I googled <laughs> it. I still don't know if I remember it, right? Yeah. Por- portside is left, starboard is right. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. See? We're good.
1: So I'm just picturing you in the
0: like the lumber raft with the sheet up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I I definitely don't know sails and how to do sailing, but yeah, I know. Maybe that's a good thing to learn. Maybe that'll be my next, maybe that'll be my next adventure. I'll sail. I'll sail when you go snowboarding. Okay. I was just thinking about that the other day. You got yeah. out of snowboarding this last winter.
1: I know. It was a quick winter. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the only sailing that I learned is, it's not, not the Navy, it's a sailing is, I have a friend of mine who's retired now that's on Lake Michigan, that bought a sailboat. Okay. And, you know, being by yourself on a big, you know, sailboat that he has. Is, uh, teaches you a lot. I bet. Cause you know, if you don't do it right, you're not making it back. Yeah. So. You're not going anywhere. Yeah.
0: Or you're going the wrong fucking way.
1: Yep. Even worse. Yeah. So I think that's the best lessons learned.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Baptism by fire. Yep. Right. But calculated, Calculated baptism by fire. So
1: yeah. You have a good idea. You just have to apply that knowledge out there well and that's
0: where you right you have to you have to you have to know approximately how the shit works with the different sales yeah. and stuff like that and so you're then, making small mistakes and then you learn how yeah. it actually works in practice yep. you can't just throw me on a boat and expect me to figure it out yeah although I'm a pretty crafty son of a bitch I'd probably figure it out <laughs> but it would take a minute
1: but I, like those situations and jumping out of a plane you know you learn that hey there's there's a very small margin for mistakes so you need to be prepared and educated prior, so that you can. Oh, okay. If I do this, uh, I don't want to do that. So you're you're really mitigating it by the education, which that's, goes back to what we're trying to talk about here. Yeah,
0: that's a fair point. All right, I think we got in the weeds far enough. I think <laughs> we're we're good. That's a wrap. You got anything else to add? I think that you pretty much covered everything in my notes. I just had to make sure that I got uh, that I got the super volcano and the. Uh, and the asteroid impact in there, because I think those are just as likely as anything else. With Oh, man. I think uh Yellowstone historically is an, it has erupted every, like, 160,000 years over time. Like, once every 160,000 years on average. Yeah. And we're at, like, 157,000 or something. Like, we're close. We're getting close. <laughs> it's, get, it's getting real close. And that bitch is huge. But just Yellowstone in, just is a in super case volcano. Case.
1: So, the, I mean, the point I want to make is you always have to... Your your biggest thing is your brain. That's your biggest muscle in your body. That is a sign of strength right Speak there. Speak for yourself, bro. But you have to be prepared for anything and learn to be self-reliant. Nobody's going to come save you in a time of crisis.
0: That is a mother in rap. Nobody's going to save you in a time of crisis.